Sex? Yes. Drugs? Yes. And rock and roll? Yes. Tall. It was a life of debauchery. Romans 1, 21 through 25. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds, animals, and creepy things. Therefore God gave them up in their lusts of their hearts up to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who blessed them forever. Amen. So my life without Christ, which is a weird statement because, again, I grew up in the church as well. I remember going to church all the time. My dad was involved in the youth group. I remember from a very young age God being very real. I had no doubt about it. God is legit. He's awesome. My testimony goes on a lot longer here, but to save on time, I just want to jump to God's saving grace in my life after about seven years of just living like a fool. If you want to read more of my testimony, you can go to uh, misfitblog.com. But here you go. I remember breaking down. I felt God hit me in the chest and was like, what are you doing? And I just broke. And it was like, it was like a flash of like all the ugliness. Cause like knowing God was real. Okay. I still, he, he, I could still feel him in everything. I still felt convicted about a lot of stuff I was doing. So I wasn't just out there, just a wild demon animal, but nonetheless, I was still doing what I want. I made God a bigger version of me. You know, making all the rationales in the world because I still wasn't reading my Bible. I could make up any God I wanted to, really. Yeah, shit, it's Jesus, and it's God, and it's, it's good. And I remember just breaking down. And I, I, I mean, from right then, I vowed, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be pure and good now. I mean, it's time to get back on the wagon. I was moving back to California. I knew I could come to South Shores, and my, my buddy was playing in the band. So, you know, it was a good connection there. So that felt like a new leaf. But again, I wasn't in my Bible. And so years pass, and I'm still kind of wavering. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm gaining a little more knowledge. I'm gaining a little more faith. I'm, you know, not as wild and crazy, but I'm still ignorant. I'm still immature in my faith. I'm still drinking milk as opposed to eating meat of the gospel. And I think it was a guy's retreat. Not a retreat. A guy's at a conference. And there was a worship band. And I've never, I've maybe raised my hand and worshiped probably four times in my life. Because that's just not me. I wish it was. I see people just wholeheartedly. I'm like, oh, I wish that was me. And I remember just saying, I'm probably critiquing the band, you know, I'm watching them. And again, I felt like God tug on me. He's like, why are you holding on to your past still? Why are you still, you're still condemning yourself for this stuff? I've forgiven you. You've come back to me. Let's move on. And I remember it was like involuntary. Hands went up. <laughs> tears were flowing. And I'm like, what is happening right now? That was probably the first time. That would, that would be as much as I felt like I was a Christian. Say I was growing up in a, as a Christian in a Christian church. Uh, I felt like that was the, the, the turning point. Even though there's still many years of idiocy in, in my story after that. But I felt like that was like, I felt like my, the, the, the burden on my shoulders was lifted and it was gone. It was like, okay, okay, God. You have forgiven. You are faithful. You are big and you are good enough to take my that passed away. Romans 6. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who have died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized in his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. 
See, I wasn't living like that. I wasn't living the life of newness in Christ for all this. That wasn't uh, striving for purity and holiness. I was just doing what I want. Again, not reading my Bible. So after this moment, which, you know, it, it's always been a great moment. So I'm kind of still in and out of relationships. I'm, I'm not, you know, it, it, life's progressing a little bit. I'm, I'm still, I mean, once again, I, I'm going to go back to this a thousand times because this is what really changed my life. So actually, I'm just going to go through it right now. Romans 8. Romans 8, 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So the difference of mindset, the sanctification of your, of your soul and your faith. So I started, I finally, I'm like, I was at least at the point that I was like, okay, I need to start reading my Bible. I, I want to know more. I want to know what I'm missing here because I was starting to surround myself with good people, people who are encouraging me to grow in my faith. And so I opened to Genesis 1 as I did many times and I read and then I would stop at Genesis 15 and then a year would pass and try it again and just, you know, not into it. But when I finally something, something changed and I started reading Every night, I started reading, and I started reading, and I started reading. And somewhere around, like, First Kings, which is just a few books in, a light switch went on. It was like, <gasps> I mean, it was literally like a, an awe moment. And I was like, I've been doing this wrong the whole time. The magnitude, it's like, I, it's like God gave me a gift of just catching a glimpse of his glory. Just a little bit. And it, it changed me from the inside out. From then on, there was nothing that was the same about me in my walk, in my faith, the way I thought about God, the way I strived and, and hungered for more of him, to know more about him. The, the difference of setting your mind on things of the spirit and setting your mind on things of the flesh. It's a world of difference. So I never, I, I'm, I'm terrible at school. I hated every second of school. And I passed, I'm pretty sure I just passed because the teachers were like, just let him go. Uh, <laughs> Never read a book in my life. When I started reading the Bible, after that light switch clicked on, I not only read through this, just cover to cover. I didn't follow a reading plan. I just wanted to read as much as I could. I had it with me at all times. Any five-minute you know, break I had anywhere, I was just reading, 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 reading. I read probably another five or six, seven books, um, gospel-saturated, uh, that books that helped me understand the Bible more, just uh, you know, other books that helped me see, behold God's glory just a little bit more. And it was life-changing. And I will never be the same. And around that same time is when we got more opportunities, my wife and I, to, to lead more music and stuff. I'm trying to make this as short as I can because there obviously is a lot to it with the blessing that my wife is and how she's just been a huge, just a, a motivation in my life and a gift from God that I don't deserve whatsoever. So that newness in my life, learning what true corporate worship looks like and not just wanting it to be a rock show up there. As you guys can see, there's nothing rock and roll that happens up here. And I love every second of it. My favorite band and music experience has always been here at church singing for you guys. So as we grow and walk and learn and meet new people and go to new jobs and, and get married or whatever it is, 1 Corinthians 11, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Can any of you say that right now? I know I couldn't. It still feels weird. But as Paul says that, we need to be living in such a way that you can say, follow me because I'm pointing to Christ. Walk with me because I'm going to point you to Christ. I'm going to help us all 
to to understand God a little more. It's like what your what your pastors do here. So I mean, just the, the, that kind of truth is such. We, we we so get so inward focused, even as we're trying to strive after Christ. We're so like the Bible and God and me, and I need to grow and I need to learn and I need to stop sinning and I need to to work on myself. But really, it's it's we we become better. We become more like Christ to then help others. Ephesians 2 has always been one of my favorite chunks of verses. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. That was me. Among whom we all once lived in the presence of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. As that light switch flicked on in the Old Testament, the big and scariness of who God is. If we don't get that fear in us once in a while, we're not truly grasping the bigness of who God is. Because I got scared. It's like, this is the same God that we serve today. Oh, that's he just killed that guy for not taking a rest day. <laughs> Whoa! And then I heard Christ. And then Christ enters, and you're like, oh, I don't deserve that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I should be dead today. <laughs> we can talk more if you want. So there's no life. I'm here to tell you because I've lived the life that the world tells you to go live. That this is what's going to bring you happiness, and this is what's going to bring you joy, and this is what's going to, going to make your life really cool and good. I live that life. It's empty. It's dark. It's lonely. It's evil. There's no life like the life of a Christian, someone earnestly following after Christ. You don't have to strive for those things either. What a release. You can go on with your life not being, okay, I need to get some awesome career, and I need to do these awesome things, which is great if God blesses you in that way, because then that's going to in turn be able to bless more people. But all we have to do is rest in the work Christ did on the cross and say, okay, my life is yours. Do with me what you will because I am all yours. And now we act and we move. We don't sit on the couch and say, okay, Lord, what do you want out of my life? No, we're all called to the same exact thing. You should never even have to ask or ever wonder what's the calling of my life. It's to be holy. It's to know God and it's to make him known regardless of what platform you're given. And that's why the gospel is the good news. That's all I got for you. Thank you.